0: Hi, I'm Michael Kaju.
1: And I'm Adi Kaju, and you're listening to The WAG Podcast. This podcast is about health, wellness, and personal development.
0: Each episode is a short conversation between Adi and I on a single topic with actionable steps. We cover everything from food, mindset, fitness, and relationships.
1: We started WAG because of the way health and fitness changed our lives, so we hope to share a tool or two that helps you along your way. What's up, Adi? Hey, babe.
0: How are you?
1: I'm doing pretty good. It is beautiful in Austin, Texas right now. We're rotating between storming rain, 95 to 100 degrees, stupid hot, and 80 degrees and absolutely perfect. Today is one of those 80 degrees, absolutely perfect days. So I'm feeling pretty good. How are you doing?
0: I'm pretty good first, I just want to say Otis is doing extremely well (laughs) because there's a bunch of mud under the tree in our backyard and he, for whatever reason, he sees the squirrel go up the tree and so he thinks he has to dig a hole to get to him or something like that and so he just keeps getting filthy muddy and he I imagine him having the biggest smile on his face yeah, when he's just, out there.
1: You can't even be mad because it's just kind of so cute. He's white with dark spots, and so his whole face just comes back dark. <laughs> I think it's so cute.
0: Yes, it's amazing. Other than that, I'm I'm doing pretty well. I'm really enjoying having some socially distant hangouts with people outside. I'm enjoying exercise and moving outdoors and it's nice to see the world not going back to normal but it's nice to just see people and be surrounded by people again
1: yeah it's so nice that i mean we're in texas i think it was the first state of all the I think, states i want
0: to say georgia was so the second I think they were pretty state intense.
1: second state to start opening things up and of course we're still being safe and we want to like not contribute to a second spike or anything like that but It's nice to just get some level of normalcy back and it's cool to see how innovative businesses are getting. I mean, I went and uh, got my nails done and they had, everyone was wearing masks. Nobody could sit near each other. They had like these glass barriers between you and the nail tech. Super interesting. But also, you know, it's just, it's weird. It's super weird. The feeling of being in a place where everyone's masked. So you, I never really appreciated how much I pay attention to people's facial expressions. But I don't know if you're joking or smiling, or <laughs> sometimes <laughs> I can't. Yes, even... Yes. I don't know like what you're saying. And um, but it was just nice to get out of the house. And um, for all the ladies out there that appreciate getting your nails done, it just feels nice to have
0: hashtag a essential. <laughs>
1: well, <laughs> I mean, not essential, but. Really nice.
0: (laughs) All right, y'all. Thanks for joining us today. Today, we're going to go over a number of questions that were submitted from this really big survey that we sent out to our email list. We got hundreds of really amazing questions. And so from time to time, I'll probably just throw uh, a handful of these, a D's away and we'll have a little conversation about them.
1: Yeah, not just my way, you're tossing it up to both of us.
0: Yeah. just better at asking questions (laughs) okay so here's the first one so the question is are the super lean and ripped body goals that are common in our community really realistic and i think this person he or she is uh, talking about the functional fitness fitness space especially for us regular people with jobs that aren't in fitness has our collective image of what's realistic and healthy been warped so one thing that we talk a lot about is this concept of what it really takes to get lean. We've done podcasts and blogs about this and a YouTube video about what it takes to reach different stages of leanness. And with each stage, intuitively you can guess that it's going its going to take more work, more sacrifices, more consistency, more accuracy with every stage. Basically the leaner you want to get, the harder you have to work for it. So... Is, is this image yeah, the, realistic? Yeah, really
1: the more disciplined you have to be, which can eventually become easier the longer that you maintain that discipline because you get used to mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. But it just requires more and more discipline, which is why the last five pounds are the hardest to lose. And people say, I can't understand why I can't get rid of these last, you know, two, three, four pounds or just get to that. Like I've I've really achieved so much, but I can't get over this like last little hurdle. And that's because it requires the most amount of discipline. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be harder forever because some people, I know a lot of people that have been, at that stage for a very long period of time. And it's really so ingrained in them that it's really not that it doesn't seem to be that difficult. Well,
0: the beautiful thing about habits are they become automatic mm-hmm. and they don't take any at some at some point, they don't take any more effort than having a completely sloppy lifestyle right. where you don't track anything. So,
1: example like Brooke Entz or Miranda Alcaraz or I'm an example where I don't feel like it takes me that much effort when I'm at a stage of leanness that I'm really happy with to maintain it because I've had over a decade of doing this and working on my habits. And it doesn't feel that difficult, but that doesn't mean I'm not exhibiting a lot of discipline Mm -hmm. to stay there. So is it realistic? I think when they're talking about regular people with jobs that aren't in fitness, I'm imagining somebody who has a bunch of kids who works out leisurely three or four times a week, who isn't dedicating a lot of their time and attention towards fitness, nutrition and fitness, then it's possible that it's not realistic for that person because you're going to have to put more attention, more effort, more energy towards getting to that desired level of leanness.
0: Mm, I have a little bit of a different point of view, but maybe I'm like, I'm mixing up words. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, is it possible? Certainly. And I'm thinking real, like realistic and possible are very similar. I don't think so. I just think it's more like, is it ideal for your life? If it's, if I you're... that's what
1: realistic means. Ideal? Yeah. I think possible is like, is this possible? Is it possible to, is it possible for you to go to the MBA? Possible. Like, let's just say if you had played, like (laughs) there's examples of people that are your height that have made it to the NBA, right? And
0: start playing at 30?
1: Let's just, no, I'm just saying like if you had started really young. Oh, okay. So let's just say you started really early on and you played basketball. Would it have been possible? And you're only 5'10". Right. So would it have been possible for you to make it to the NBA? Maybe. Is it realistic? No. That's the difference between possible and realistic. Possible is like, is it possible? Sure. It could be possible, but realistic meaning likely. That's that's what I think the difference is.
0: Okay, okay, yeah, we agree to disagree. Really, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's possible
1: okay. and realistic are the same.
0: I don't know if it matters. I think well, I think that I think chirp that chirp Michael, if you disagree, someone like quote unquote <laughs> regular people with jobs that aren't into fitness. I think it is realistic. I just think when you really start to get an understanding of what it takes to get that lean and stay there. you probably just won't even want to anymore. Like if you really know all of the things that you have to do to to get to this habitual autopilot state that Adi is talking about, you probably won't want to do that. And that is totally okay. Mm -hmm. That is totally okay.
1: Yeah, there's been many times in my life where I thought I wanted something and then I realized what it takes to get there and I realized I actually don't want it. Mm -hmm. And it's better to let go of those things than it is to hold on to them when... You don't really want them, but that's a thing that you have to like go down deep inside. I do believe it is possible for sure. And then the next part of the question is, has our collective image of what's realistic and healthy been warped? I think in general, in every community, in every part of the world, our image of what's realistic and healthy is being warped. You and go it's in,
0: changing all of the time. changing
1: all of the time. I mean, you go into a convenience store or a, like a drugstore and you look at the magazine covers that are on the shelf, that's warping your perception of what is healthy and what is realistic and what is beautiful or what you should strive for. Just the images that are being displayed to you, the TV shows that you're watching, the, the people that we are idolizing or becoming fans of, that's warping our perception. And in our community, that happens in our community, meaning CrossFit, functional fitness, the fitness space, that is the really lean, muscular, and uh, very fit people. So if that's what you're seeing all the time, and that's what your social media feed is showing you all the time, it's warping what your perception of realistic and healthy is. Mm -hmm. If you are conscious of that, you can change that. There are social media accounts that show really healthy and really fit people that don't look like that. Um, and you can start being more diligent about what it is that you consume and what types of messaging you're allowing yourself to, uh, get
0: around you. Love it. Okay. Let's move on to the next one. If you go over your macros one day by 10 to 20 grams, do you take it off the next day? Why or why not?
1: In general, I say don't. There could be like some exceptions to the rule. I'll talk about the exceptions at the end, but in general, I would say no. One, because you don't get punished for going over your macros. You're not a bad person. You didn't do anything wrong. You just reflect on it, think about what happened and move on, move on. Just move forward and keep building your habits and getting like, it's a skill also to, you know, maybe not follow your program perfectly and then be able to just start the next day without having to reprimand yourself for that. That is a skill within itself that's going to be useful to you because it's not going to be the last time that you maybe make a mistake or that you eat something more than what you air quotations should have. But I don't like the the mentality of punishing or being reprimanded for Eating, Mm -hmm. it just contributes to the "I am good when I follow my macros perfectly, and I am bad when I don't." And I don't believe that either of those things is true. I think if you can, you know, go and eat freely, and you eat—I mean, ten to twenty grams over your macros is probably—if it's fat, I guess it could be over two hundred calories, but it's like roughly two hundred calories, let's say. And I mean, maybe even less. Then it's really not that big of a deal. And if you can move forward without being hard on yourself about it and without trying to punish yourself, then I think that's cooler than, you know, being so crazy about it or so diligent that you have to take food away from the next day.
0: And the thing that we preach about most often is that consistency is king. And if we're constantly changing our macronutrients, and I think I feel like this also could be kind of like a a slippery slope. Like you start. You start doing this and then you start planning to overeat so, because you know yeah. you're going to take some off the next day. And then it just, it, that does not fall in line with our principle of having a consistent diet. Yeah.
1: And just, you start playing games where it's not really like exactly what you're saying, let's say I'm planned to overeat today. I'll just take away food from tomorrow. Then you're going to be extra hungry tomorrow and that's going to lead to feeling restricted and then you might overeat again. So you're just really justifying the overeating. Whereas if you really have, maybe you're overeating because it's going to be a party and you want to enjoy and you don't want to track your food and you know that what you're going to eat is going to end up being over whatever it is that you've planned. That's okay. Okay. That's totally okay. Just the next day, get right back to it and go back to normal. That is a harder thing to do, um, for sure, and it's valuable. And you don't want to create that pattern so you keep doing it over mm-hmm. and over again.
0: And also, I want to say that there are strategies to make to to allow you to still really enjoy these events while still hitting your your macros totally. or being within your plan by just adjusting the rest of your day.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, But there are exceptions to the rule. So exceptions might be if you're making weight for a weightlifting meet and you really, you're being, you have to weigh a certain amount on a specific day. That's a great example of what would be an exception to that
0: rule. Cool. All right. The next one is what tips do you have for emotional eaters? And a little bit of background on the person that posed this question was that this lady has had a two-year-old, she has a two-year-old and says that ice cream really does make her feel better. And she says she doesn't have time for things like a bubble bath to de-stress. So she feels like she might not have enough time to do like common stress reduction techniques and that this food actually does make her feel a little bit better.
1: So first the thing that pops out at me is that you asked the question of what tips do you have for emotional eaters? And then you, I'm talking to the person who asked the question, and then you're talking about that ice cream does really make you feel better. So it just makes me wonder why ask the question. If ice cream makes you feel better and that's okay and you're okay with that, why are we trying to change it? So there must be something about it that actually doesn't make you feel better. So maybe it's making you feel better in the moment, but then later, are you feeling worse about it? Mm. So there's just something there that's not totally lining up for me because I don't think you would ask the question if you felt 100% okay with the behavior. Mm-hmm. And the just asking the question itself brings forth to me that there's something about the behavior that you don't like and is not making you feel better and is actually may, maybe making you feel bad. So I think there's some exploration to do there for sure. It might be like, what is what is the problem underneath that the eating the ice cream is, is solving? So eating the ice cream is making you feel better in the moment what is what is it making you feel better from? Like, what is it that you're using ice cream to soothe? Um, this would be the same thing for people who drink or people who use or, drugs and alcohol for yeah, work. Mm-hmm. Any of those things. Any any of those things. So that would be like my first thing to think about. It's just like the first thing that popped out of me when mm-hmm. I saw that line of the question and the description of the person. But what
0: so do you have think? a yeah, I have a couple thoughts. Number one, like in the 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 whole figuring out what's underlying it and solving that is definitely getting at the root and I think the most valuable thing you can do. And I'll I'll touch on that in a second. But in the meantime, you can also plan ice cream into your day. If you know it makes you feel better right now, then you can plan ahead. Mm -hmm. If you track your macros, great, you can do that really precisely. If not then you can just plan to have some ice cream at the end of the day and then just eat a little bit less carbs and fats in the beginning of the day.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would ask this person if I had a day where I ate, you know, a delicious omelet in the morning that was packed full of vegetables on a bed of leafy greens. With cage-free,
0: super happy chicken. Yeah,
1: exactly. And then for a snack, I had some Greek yogurt and some fresh berries. Then for lunch, I had, um, you know, some rice with some chicken and a side salad. And then for dinner, I had like salmon and broccoli or something. And then I decided to have a scoop of ice cream for dessert. Did I just make my whole day unhealthy where – Everything was full of vegetables, full of nutrient dense food options where I'm eating whole foods that are unprocessed and I'm I'm feeling really good about it and then I have this ice cream that does make me feel better. Does that disregard all the health that came from the rest of my food? I personally don't think so. I don't think it's possible that that one thing can make your whole diet unhealthy. I think it's unless part- of
0: course you're getting like inflamed and mm-hmm. it's messing with your head there are exceptions for sure
1: yeah. Yeah, so that would be my other question for this person. Like, are you are you then are you saying that just eating ice cream, even though it makes you feel better, is bad in itself, or exactly like how does the rest of your diet pan up with that? Yeah, that's
0: great advice. mm -hmm. Great advice. And then, I mean, the the other part of the discussion we could talk about for hours, like how to how to get at the underlying thing. Some some of the first that come off the top or come up to my head immediately are therapy is great. Just having a conversation with someone you trust is great. Meditation, journaling are all four of our favorites. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Next is can you ruin an entire week of hard work with one meal? And so just extrapolating a little bit, I'm assuming this person is saying like they have a, a nutrition plan or a diet that they're following and they've nailed it all, all week and then it's Sunday evening and they're hanging out with their family and they just go ham and they just have a quote unquote cheat meal. Is it possible?
1: I think yes and no. <laughs> so it depends what you're defining as ruining the entire week. Like what are we ruining? So if you're talking about are we ruining the habits and behaviors that we're building? Probably not because you spent more of your week building good habits and behaviors than you did going against those or going back to old habits. So I actually don't think that that's ruining anything. I think you've spent a lot of time being disciplined, um, focusing on what it is that you're you're trying to achieve, being um, conscious of what you're eating and then on the weekend, you maybe ate a one meal that was like wildly over what you were supposed to eat. Um, I don't think that ruins the hard work of the week because some people have a hard time even stringing two days together. So if you've strung five or six days of being on top of your nutrition and being conscious about it and making choices that align with the goals that you have and um, the health that you're looking for yourself, I don't think one meal ruins that Mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. Um, Absolutely not. Do I think that it can ruin a week of hard work in terms of making progress towards body composition and weight loss goals? Yeah, I do. I actually think, I really think it can. Not only do I think it can, I've seen this happen over and over and over again. I currently have a client we've been working together for 65 check-ins. So that means over a year and she crushes it when she just stays consistent without having a Saturday night meal out. And we've, and for some reason it's so hard to just take out the saturday night eating out not tracking is not really the issue it's more just really overeating on that saturday night which then it in terms of weight loss and body composition changes it stalls a lot and why do i know this is because when she's had like 10 days in a row everything moves so smoothly everything goes really well and then the one meal just completely derails the whole momentum that we've had. So, yes and no is my answer.
0: Yeah, I mean, just imagine like you have you're in a 150 calorie surplus for the entire week, which is a pretty for for almost anyone that's a pretty small deficit to well, be in.
1: Uh, you said 150 calories surplus.
0: Sorry, deficit. 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 Pretty small deficit to be it's in. It's a really small deficit. So over yeah. the first six days, that six that's 950 calories. Mm-hmm. It's pretty easy to eat more than that in a single meal by eating like hamburgers, French fries, and a shake. Mm-hmm. And a, one one pattern that I see mostly from personal experience, but also in in watching lots of people in the fitness industry, a lot of athletes, is when we restrict ourselves, even if it's not a big restriction. When we restrict ourselves for some period of time, we just feel like we've earned it. Like I I have felt in the past, like I've, I've earned this cheat meal (laughs) and I go way harder than I ever would if I was just having like a, a, I don't know, a a normal nutrition plan. Mm -hmm. And so I've given myself the excuse to just like go ham and eat way more food than I actually want, Mm -hmm. which can be a really big problem.
1: And restriction doesn't need to be restriction of calories. It could be restricting yourself from eating certain food items. Mm -hmm. It could be restricting yourself to only eating certain food items. It can come up in a bunch of different ways. But yes, you can ruin an entire week of weight loss and body composition progress with one meal.
0: Last question is... Progress is fantastic, but sometimes when I see progress, I can start to slack off and end up where I started and lose the little progress I made. How do you stay motivated when you see progress, but you know that it's only one small step to your overall goal?
1: Yeah.
0: I would say
1: Good
0: question. it yes. I would say that like goal setting is really great for motivating you initially, and it should not be it should not take up the majority of your focus. Too much focus on the end goal is a recipe for disaster. I I quote this guy all, all of the time, probably the most successful college football coach of all time, Nick Saban, says that they never, and they've won six or seven championships in the last 15 years at Alabama, they never talk about winning a championship. It's implied that that's what their intention is for the season. But what they focus on is how do we win today? How do we get the absolute most out of today's practice, out of today's workout? And by focusing intently all of their attention on the day-to-day activities when you look at that over a long period of time, that attention and focus leads to a championship. And I think if we do that in our health and fitness, if we just focus on how can we maximize today, even if it only leads to a very small amount of progress, if we do that over and over and over and over and over, we, we will reach our goal. So I don't know if that really helps though. How do we stay, how do we stay motivated?
1: I love what you usually say, which which I'm going to say in a second. But first, um, it's so common for people to, when they start to see progress, there could be a little bit of like self-sabotaging tendencies here where it's like, I'm seeing progress, I'm seeing progress. And self-sabotage can come up for a bunch of different reasons. So you're seeing progress and then that makes you uncomfortable for some reason and then you start to slack off. And that can happen because let's say you're in a group of friends and – All of your friends are kind of in the same situation as you and then you making progress in this way kind of pulls you away from your friends a little bit. Maybe you can't be part of the social experiences anymore the same way. Like you can't go drink beers and eat pizza three nights a week or it's just harder to do that for you and achieve your goals. So then you start slacking off like, oh, I've made a little bit of progress. I can go back. Like there's something pulling you back towards being how you've always been. There's something about the comfort of how you've always been that it's so uncomfortable to make progress and step away from that. Mm-hmm. And so it could be that a group of friends, it could be that some people are actually afraid of succeeding. Like this, the idea of actually achieving what it is that you're trying to achieve is a little bit scary. Like what will I do when I get there? What happens if I lose it? There's You're already thinking about I'm going to get there and then I'm going to end up right back where I was, which you don't want to feel the pain of that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So unconsciously you can self-sabotage for those reasons. There's so many different reasons that could happen. So I might pay a little bit of attention of, Are you is that showing up in other areas of your life as well? Are you holding yourself back from being successful? Do you think that you don't deserve to be successful for some reason? Could be some work. Do to do there. But about the motivation, Michael always says this to me, you don't have to be motivated, you just have to be committed. And I say this to myself a lot. I think I have like, I think I have like hundreds of quotes from random people that just pop up into my head at random times of people that I love and respect. And 80% of them probably come from Michael.
0: Who I stole from someone else.
1: (laughs) Did you steal that one from someone else? Yeah,
0: that's Dan Sullivan.
1: Is it? Mm -hmm. Oh, you don't have to be motivated, you just have to be committed. Well,
0: it's about committed and confidence, but I adapted it.
1: And I really, really love that because sometimes you're just not motivated, but you're committed. You're committed to being healthier. You're committed to achieving your goals. You're committed to loving yourself and treating your body with respect. And you're committed to having integrity with yourself. That is more, it's easier to lean on that than it is to lean on motivation because motivation's not there all the time. Motivation's actually there less often than it is. So just leaning on the fact that you've made a commitment and you want to be the kind of person that's good, like stands by their word. Amen. Amen.
0: All right, y'all. Hopefully this was helpful. Have a great day.
1: Thanks for joining us. Stay in touch by signing up for our newsletter at workingagainstgravity.com or on Instagram at workingagainstgravity
0: don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us a five-star review and refer a friend. We'll be back next week with another episode. Talk to you then.